The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, good afternoon. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel, stream it on scmsynergy.com, or pick it up on iTunes. We encourage you to do all five. Pick it up twice on iTunes, a couple of times on SEM Synergy. Look, you have more than one computer. You're an internet marketer. Go out and get it a couple of times. Every install of iTunes you have. Yes, and and play it too loud on the airplane on the way. Never mind. Uh, You know, considering SMX was just around the corner, SES is coming up um, in August. I think it's appropriate that what we do is we talk about something other than Google for a few moments. I know that when YouTube? Matt, yeah, I was <laughs> YouTube. Yes, of course. Something other. Wait, doesn't Google? Oh, never mind. We're going to talk about Bing. Bing. Yes, and maybe a little Yahoo thrown in, and you know the other engines. The other ones. The other engines. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of uh, funny when Matt was doing SMX. He just kept referring to them as the other engines. The other engines, and every time Danny would be like, "Yeah." All of those other engines. It's kind of hilarious. Well, of course, I, I think even sadder was, was Yusuf consistently referring to Google as the other guy, the big guy. It was like, yeah, it's okay. You can say his name. Google. It's a pretty simple word. It's well, simple. it's just a little sad and horrible. You know, you have this uh, interesting phenomenon for where searches are, and it seems that everybody considers market share to only be the desktop search. They don't consider video search like YouTube. It's not showing up as market share. Uh, it's the second largest search engine, but they still don't show it when they do their demographics at that level, unless they count it as part of Google, which I don't think. Um, they also don't seem to bias it by the second or even first largest search term across every other engine is Google. So if I go to Yahoo and my searches for Google is at a Yahoo query, so it's hard to say. They also break out mobile search, and uh, the news come from Bing last week or a couple weeks ago about mobile is that they're going to be finally a, an option in On the, the iPhone. iPhone. I know, crazy. Who knew? Apple and and Microsoft. Yeah, but they're not the default still. No, well, which well was the rumor shocking. For a while. <laughs> Shocking that they're not the default. But, I mean, it's kind of impressive that they're on there at all because... Yeah, but it's not surprising. That's not chocolate and peanut butter. It really is not surprising. I mean, 
Uh, Microsoft doesn't really have a mobile operating system. And yes, they do. <laughs> oh, they do? And, and Microsoft doesn't really have a search engine. Oh, wait. They have Bing. And Microsoft doesn't really... Wait. So does that mean that Apple is more concerned about the Google thing than the Microsoft thing? Or just the money, because Yusuf was like, we're not going to... Yeah, we can't talk about, how, about the money involved. They must be paying through the nose. But, you know, I mean, good for them, because... That's it's an opportunity. However, I have a feeling that if you are an Apple person and you're buying an iPhone, your first inclination is not going to be like, "Oh, good, Bing's on here. I can totally use this to search. This is going to give me great results." Um, I thought it was unfair that they weren't on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the fact that they're on there now is good. But I don't know that they're going to see significant pickup from that. But on the other hand. I do think that Bing has some interesting things going on. You know, we, we, we bash on them a little bit, and, and they're struggling, but they're still new, and they are still learning, and they are coming up with cool things. Um, cool things that Google should not try to emulate, <laughs> by the way. I am, I am sick and tired of Google trying to be Bing. Sick and tired of it. It is ridiculous. Bing is doing cool things. This does not mean that Google has to do them. The end. Anyway. We should talk about well, being things. <laughs> it seems pretty obvious that Google does not have not invented here syndrome. No. Right? Google loves things that are invented other places. It just happens to be that after Google reinvents it, they get credit for inventing it in the first place, and they totally mm-hmm. run over every other invention out there. That's true. Uh, and in fact... Uh, Which is funny, because that's what Microsoft used to do. Yes, it is exactly what Microsoft used to do. And I think, quite frankly, as an inventor... Uh, the worst thing you could possibly do is invent something that Google likes. Because you don't stand a chance in the marketplace. If Google likes it, they'll reinvent it. And if they reinvent it, you'll never sell one. Yeah. And uh, that's a problem. On the other hand, you know, the, Google hit a pretty big backlash. Oops, we're still not talking about Bing, but I'm going <laughs> to talk about They hit a pretty big backlash with their two most recent Bing-like changes. Yes. Right? The three-column look. I clearly hated, and so therefore it was a terrible, terrible mistake. But they also, you know, tried the picture on the homepage thing that Ask did first and that Bing does all the time, and everyone hated it. But nobody minds it on Bing, and I think it's because that's the expectation for Bing. The expectation for Google is white and clean and pretty and usable and whatever. They're totally different ideas. That's why Google shouldn't try and be Bing is because they're two totally different things. And they should say that way. But anyway, this is clearly a rant I have built up inside. Um, Bing did have an announcement during that Yusuf Medi keynote about social search that came out during that time. And he said it would be the most comprehensive of all the engines, social vertical search. Oh, I don't know about that Mm -hmm. in that they have a social vertical search offering that would sort of make them... The most, because I don't think that you can break it out any other way on any other engine like that, right? Maybe Ask does it, but I really don't pay attention to Ask anymore. Um, I always assume that Ask does everything first. But, I I mean, Google's, their real-time stuff is just sort of blended in. It's not called out, and Bing, on the other hand, really made an effort to incorporate social elements, Twitter and Facebook and pulling information and aggregating information 
from both anonymous sources and from named sources to try and give a picture of what it what the social response on something is, which in a lot of cases can be very good. You know, if you're talking about a restaurant that's, you know, you're in an area you've never been in, you're looking up a restaurant, having the Yelp reviews right there, having the Twitter commentary about this place is great, having the Facebook, com, you know, fan page commentary, that's all stuff that you want there. So, I mean, it, it could be useful. Well, it could also be spammed. But well, clearly. <laughs> so we're going to need to find out how there's not just access to commentary, but how commentary is uh, not going to be, you know, corrupted, if you will. Yeah. Certainly that's going to be a big issue. I think being uh, in Yahoo getting together uh, has already shown a number of things. Uh, we've all seen over the last few weeks changes in the rankings within Bing. I think that uh, Bing certainly has an opportunity, more so than I thought a year ago, of, of actually increasing its market share. And, you know, everybody remembers Netscape being the browser and then IE being the browser and then Firefox being the browser and then what about this Chrome upstart? Um, you know, we've seen the world embrace technology that solves their problem. They want it faster. They want the information. They don't want to have to hunt for it. They want it to just magically show up when they're searching. Um, I think the world is going to social more often. I think they care about references and referrals from people they know. Uh, and I think, you know, a search engine that's sort of blazing the way along that path, I think, is a good thing. It is time for a quick break, so take this time to jump into the chat room. In the meantime, we are going to take a break, and more SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. The Jerry Abram Show, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 
or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and right now I'm joined by David Harry, the founder of the Community Forum and Discussion Hub, SEO Dojo, a blogger at uh, his blog, Huoma.com, as well as a columnist on Search Engine Watch, and a very well-known um, in the field of information retrieval research. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Hi, nice to be here. Probably more of an addiction than research, but okay. <laughs> Um, so last time you were on the show with us, we talked about research you'd conducted into the effects of personal search, and certainly the search and uh, search results have been changing. And one of the ways that they're changing a lot lately is more and more universal search results are coming into the picture. And you've been doing a lot of research on that as well. Yeah, I love the word research. It's always my favorite because testing is kind of gets thrown around a lot. So research is, is more looking into it. And I guess we 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 stumbled on it by accident, really, in that we were talking, we were holding polls on saying, you know, what what do you think is going to be big next year, or what areas you're weak in, and things like video would come up a lot. And are you targeting news? People were like, no, not really. So the more we talked, the more just people in general and people in the community, well, you found that that people not only weren't targeting verticals much outside of local really but they also did have like an overall strategy for blended results looking at the SERP and, and working your way out okay this this keyword this query term has universal it has some images it has you know all these different elements and how do you build a strategy around it? that's very interesting and um one, you've been talking about this on your blog. People can find that again at com, where you have posts on the results of the polls of the community, um, as well as the SEO Dojo has been putting together um, information on these verticals. You've got some video and some news, and, and you said video is one of the areas that people are, are, are really not taking advantage of. Yeah, I don't know if it's a technical limitation or, or what it really is with a lot of SEOs as far as, as why they're not doing it. But considering, you know, you consider things like YouTube being the second biggest search engine out there, Google TV on the way, as well as blended results and what have you, it, it's an obvious place to be, but not a lot of people are doing it. So, you know, even news was something a lot of people weren't doing, and that news and video do show up in a lot of these searches, you know what I mean, these days with the blended results are usually pretty high. Um, one of the tactics you, you've been suggesting is taking a SERP out approach to your SEO. So you kind of touched on it, but what does that entail? Um, you're looking at the, the real estate, you know what I mean? Just like we've all, you know, you, you look at the page now when we had the 10 links, now you've got so many more things. Like even if you look at the new interface of Google, you've got those little distractions on the side that are drawing people to video search and other things like that. So instead of looking at your tool that's telling you, know, my rankings are here and I'm ranked sixth and whatever, if you're not actually visiting the search result page and looking at the makeup of it, the actual real estate, okay, this, there's a big 10 box of e-com here. Well, your, your sixth is so far below the, the, the fold that it's really lost value. And you could be sitting in third place, and if something of a blended universal pops up, then once again it's pushing your, your third place ranking down to fourth. Well, it still says 
third, but you're still below the fold, so you've lost it. So you're looking at the actual serve, looking at the real estate, where it's being assigned and how they're doing it. There's probably uh, opportunities there that if you are just living in your tools, you're going to be missing. But at the same time, you and I were talking about just a few minutes ago, a really interesting tool that might be helpful in this approach for blended search strategy. Yeah, it's Authority Labs. I don't know if he's been stalking us or what, but he gave us a, he, I, he asked me to look at his tools. He had a rank checker and some other stuff early this year. And it was interesting, but as we went along, we realized that none of these tools actually told you where blended results were coming into, into the space. And then about a month and a half ago, he updated his tool to have these little icons. And so we were like, perfect, because we were thinking, you know, we can't find one of these. We'll have to get a programmer to write one or something. And so, yeah, what, what did I talk to him yesterday? His name is Chase Cranberry. And, and what we spoke about, and he had a very interesting idea is that you can actually use this to figure out of maybe you've got 60, 70 keywords. You can look at this list and see where the percent, you know, is, is video in 30 or 40% of them and news is in 20% and, and whatever your, your makeup is of that space. You can now start to figure out your content strategy. Okay, you go to the content, people say, listen, we've got, you know, video in 40% of our query, top query terms in those spaces. We need to get a video strategy. Or, or whatever. If it's news, then you want to start getting get yourself into Google News. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the little icons are really handy. You can actually start to tailor actionable data and tailor a content strategy based upon where the blended results are showing up, which query spaces. So. Um, do you have any feelings on what is triggering blended results? Um, yeah. That's almost getting back to the personalized research kind of thing where we're going to have to probably get some larger scale. What we think is going on is there also seems to be a, a level of behavioral or personalization going on as far as where they're showing up and when they're showing up. Um, another thing that affects, obviously, in e-commerce or even in new spaces, like, I, I you know, I mean, um, you, you look at Google personalized search. You know, I had rankings for that for a long time, and then, then all of a sudden Google said personalized search for all last fall. That query space all of a sudden started having video, it started having news. So even tried and true ones that you're used to looking at that SERP, if you're not paying attention to the recent news, you miss it. Um, so, so the strategy kind of goes in, in, in the direction of we're not only watching them and, and producing to get into each of them, you know, and, and what it, we saw with like a pajama site that, that the, the, the shopping e-commerce boxes were coming in near Christmas time, then they disappear again. You know, same if you look at we were watching the Masters for a while. So when the tournament was on, boom, all the news comes up and the scores come up at the top. And then six months out, it starts to drift off again. So it, it's really getting intimate with a query space and, and watching it. But it seems to be produced by query. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be using query analysis, meaning are people searching a given turn a lot, like when Michael Jackson died, for example, or something like that. Are they getting a lot of searches for it? Um, we could also infer that there's a chance that the social graph API is being used, so they could be looking at social buzz as well. If you want some more information on this, um, right, today uh, Dave's put up a post called uh, Blended Search Strategy, Strategy SEM Synergy, where you're looking at some of the specific um, things we're talking about now as well as, as some actionable ways to like integrate a blended search strategy and you've also got a lot of data here um, about how often universal search 
results are coming up, whether it's and video that, or... I couldn't find anything too recent. That's like 2008, so you, at, they were saying 17% of all queries had a, a blended element, at least one of them, back then. So you got to figure that we've seen more of it since in the last year and a half. So I I'd agree. imagine, I'd think maybe 20, 22, 23% of all of them. That's a lot it's of money actually, on the table. Interesting because um, in the last SEO newsletter that we published, uh, our Australia office did some uh, research on the universal search space there in Australia, and they also included a link to an interview with Marissa Meyer from November of 2009, where she said that when they introduced the blended search in 2007, there was about 4% of search queries that were getting them, whereas in November of last year, it was 25%. So, so yeah. Yeah, 25 So, yeah, that's a lot to be leaving out there if you don't have a strategy around it. And it, it's even a cohesive strategy. So many people you meet is that, yeah, we do some Google News. Do you do videos? No. Do you do the No. We do, they'll do, like, we do local. And a lot of SEOs do the local. And, I mean, a lot of guys target the local. But do they, is, I don't talk to a lot of people with a, a, a blended, if you will, strategy, <laughs> you know, that, that looks at the entire universal elements as a whole and say, how are we going about this? How are we addressing them separately? You know, you could talk even real-time search, which ties into social and what have you said. Very true. And, and also, you know, the direction of things like Google TV and that kind of thing, it really makes it seem that video uh, is a great tool at your disposal. And also, like, I think video could apply to a lot of different industries considering how-tos or tutorials or, you know, just kind of information that people like to get in a visual way. Yeah, it can work for anything, you know. I mean, we we had the example we talked about with the pool covers, you know what I mean? How to how to care for your pool cover if you're, you know, and answering questions are good with YouTube stuff, you know, how do I, where do I, how, you know. And you can make simple things that answer simple questions for even care of your products. It doesn't have to be super involved. You just want to rank if someone puts in, you know, a, a query for one of your products. You want a video, if there's going to be a video universal in that space, you want yours popping up, you know. Absolutely, and I totally agree, and this is a really important conversation to start uh, getting out there, though you at the dojo and uh, the team there have been talking about this for a while, but I think it's good to get more, shine more light on the subject. And yeah, a, lot of, a lot of bloggers have. I looked around, and, you know, a lot of the, the usual suspects, search engine, watch, land, you know, wherever, even your guys in, in Australia there have written a few things on it. I, I think it's been talked about, but when, on the, the very, uh, on, right on the battlefield, the people down there in the trenches, they're not really talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's being written about, but it, is it being adopted, I think, is the thing. Mm, I see. That's a good distinction. Um, you can find out more about this topic, again, by going to Dave's blog at homa.com or check him out on Twitter where you're the gypsy. And um, check out the dojo, which is homa.com slash dojo, uh, the really active community that's focused on sharing and growing and and all that great stuff for the industry. Thank you again for coming on the show, Dave. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It's time for a quick break. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. 
Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia, and I'm here with Susan and Paula. And last week, Bruce was sharing some thoughts about how the new Google Caffeine Index infrastructure would allow for a valuable testing environment where an SEO can make changes to the page and see the results live in the search results almost immediately kind of like back in the good old days of SEO. <laughs> but this emphasis on a fresh database is just one more reason why it's important you keep your website a dynamic kind of living and breathing entity um, that represents your business up to the minute, up to date. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought we'd take a minute to just kind of lay out the way that we consider the process of updating a site. I think updating a site is really hard. (laughs) I'll just start with that. Keeping everything fresh takes a tremendous amount of work. But you can put some processes into place so that on a regular basis you're checking things. Um, For instance, uh, our web developer guys check Google Webmaster Tools for broken links on the site, on all of our sites, on a daily basis. Mm. So we're always looking for those kinds of things. 
Another easy thing from Google Webmaster Tools is duplicate tags, duplicate titles, duplicate metadata, um, anything like that that slipped in by mistake is a great opportunity to, to jump in and fix it and make something fresh again. But on a less often basis, you should do your keyword research again because whatever industry you're in, it, it may progress at a different pace. I know in the search industry, things evolve really fast and the way that people talk about things um, changes from month to month. The next conference could be a new buzzword. and um, So we have to be doing keyword research to make sure that our current keyword list that we're targeting is up to date. That's your opportunity to look at your site and say, okay, where have I mapped these keywords? Am I doing a good enough job mapping those keywords? Um, create new pages where you have holes, where you don't have a keyword mapped, um, things like that. It's always a good idea to keep a bunch of different departments in the loop. Once the SEO has figured out what keywords are targeting, then that's when you bring in your content development team. That's when you bring in your um, developers to figure out where are the best places to insert the new content, like what silo it needs to go under. And Well, I guess the SEO right. would have a, a large say in that as well. Right, but the implementation of it is probably, particularly if you're running with a CMS or something like that, you know, um, we don't have that consideration at the moment, but certainly there are plenty of other organizations that, you know, when you're working with that, you can't just, you know, oh, I'll just go throw up a new HTML page. It doesn't work like that. You know, particularly if you're making big changes to how you're doing your title tags or how you're doing your, you know, meta descriptions, you've got to put that into the CMS and, and run those rules rather than trying to hand code them. True. And then if you're doing testing, that further complicates things because now you want two or three or four or however many versions of a page um, and you're testing usability issues. How do you keep up to date in terms of freshness is really a question. Since freshness yeah. is such a big thing now, caffeine is entirely targeted around, you know, quality deserves freshness. Going in and developing new content, new fresh content for pages that are already ranking has always been one of those kind of taboo things in, in search engine optimization. You didn't want to go in and mess with a page that was ranking well because it was ranking well. So That's right. where does the freshness factor come in in going in and saying, you know, this is no longer relevant, this is old, I need to update this content. How much can you update without it becoming a completely different page that Google's going to be like, oh, well, now you're just, you know, burning a URL. I wonder if the fact that the index is going to be that much fresher, quote unquote, um, means that the rankings will change that much more quickly. So as soon as you see a shift in rankings, mm -hmm. it's, well, then it's time to update. That could be a strong indicator. I guess it will have to wait a few months with caffeine in action before we know. Although I think kind of a takeaway that I have from all of the news is that we should be empowered to make things fresh more. We should, we should feel like we have a little more permission to try things, to change things more frequently, um, and, and see how, how the rankings go. I mean, we've, we've seen throwing up a new page. I didn't even get it into the sitemap or anything yet, and already it started ranking just, and I really think it was just because it was fresh, mm -hmm. because I've seen that same page fall again since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, that seemed to be kind of a, a thing that's been going on recently where a brand new page will come in and it'll jump right up to the top of the, the 
of the SERPs, and then it does. It, it tumbles back out again. Right. Kind of almost is just like a testing period. How do, how do people like this page? Mm-hmm. Now, I know that they say that bounce rate is not one of the metrics that they use in their algorithm. As far algorithm, as I know. As far <laughs> as Matt knows. But come on. Yeah. Really? Does anybody really believe that they're not at least looking at, um, gosh, people hate your page. Maybe even that people hate your page, you should, A, fix that page, and B, we're not going to send people there because people hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like um, Todd Friesen said, you know, who cares if Google is, you know, is using bounce rate or not, people are leaving your page. Right. Which, totally true. On the other hand, Google might actually be, you know, paying attention to bounce rate because, hello, people are leaving your page. That's not a good user experience. Right. And if you're not going to care about your user experience, Google certainly is because they want to, you know, keep their users on the site so that they can serve them more ads and make more money. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing the show. You can check out semsynergy.com for more on this week's guests and topics, and you can follow us on Twitter at semsynergy. If you have internet marketing questions or if there's anything you want to hear about, email us at semsynergy at bruceclay.com, or you can drop by the chat room and drop us a line. You can come back next week for more industry info and experts, and thank you for joining us on SEM Synergy.